The History of North America series is a labor of love that I share with my teenage son, Sean, who is my partner, audio technician, sound editor, and video producer. We now have listeners and viewers in 135 countries and continue to climb the ranking charts of many nations, including the Republic of Trinidad and Tobago, Colombia, and Israel. Podcast listening app Player FM USA continues to rank this series at the top of their best North America podcast category. It's great to still be number one. Thanks. Welcome to the History of North America. I'm Mark Vinette. In his early 30s, experienced seaman Samuel Champlain joined the crew aboard the Saint-Julien on his first transatlantic crossing. This journey lasted two years and gave Champlain the opportunity to learn about Spanish holdings from the Caribbean to Mexico City. Along the way, he took detailed notes, wrote an illustrated report on what he learned on the trip, and gave this secret account, entitled Narrative of a Voyage to the West Indies and Mexico, 1599 to 1601, to his king, Henry IV, who rewarded Champlain with an annual pension. Let's learn more about this adventure with the help of our friends at LibriVox. Champlain's First Voyage to America Samuel Champlain, the issue of the marriage of Antoine Champlain and Marguerite Leroy, was born at Brouage, now Hier-Brouage, a small village in the province of Saint-Ange, France in the year 1570, or according to the Biographie Saint-Angeoise, in 1567. His parents belonged to the Catholic religion, as their first names would seem to indicate. When quite young, Samuel Champlain was entrusted to the care of the parish priest, who imparted to him the elements of education and instilled his mind with religious principles. His youth appears to have glided quietly away, spent for the most part with his family, and in assisting his father, who was a mariner, in his wanderings upon the sea. The knowledge thus obtained was of great service to him, for after a while he became not only conversant with the life of a mariner, but also with the science of geography and of astronomy. When Samuel Champlain was about twenty years of age, he tendered his services to Marshal Daumont, one of the chief commanders of the Catholic army, in its expedition against the Huguenots. When the League had done its work and the army was disbanded in 1598, Champlain returned to Brouage and sought a favorable opportunity to advance his fortune in a manner more agreeable, if possible, to his tastes and more compatible with his abilities. In the meantime, Champlain did not remain idle, for he resolved to find the means of making a voyage to Spain in order, quote, to acquire and cultivate acquaintance, and make a true report to His Majesty Henry the Fourth of the particularities which could not be known to any Frenchman for the reason that they have not free access there. End quote. He left Blavet at the beginning of the month of August, and ten days after he arrived near Cape Finisterre. Having remained for six days at the Isle of Bayona in Galicia, he proceeded towards San Lucar de Barameda, which is at the mouth of the river Seville, where he remained for three months. During this time he went to Seville and made surveys of the place. While Champlain was at Seville, a patache, or advice boat, arrived from Puerto Rico, bearing a communication addressed to the King of Spain, informing him that a portion of the English army had put out to sea with the intention of attacking Puerto Rico. The King fitted out twenty ships to oppose the English, one of which, the Saint-Julien, was commanded by Provençal, Champlain's uncle. 
Champlain proposed to join the expedition under his uncle, but Provençal was ordered elsewhere, and General Subriago offered the command of the Saint-Julien to Champlain, which he gladly accepted. The Armada set sail in the beginning of January, 1599, and within six days, favored by a fresh breeze, the vessels sighted the Canary Islands. Two months and six days later, the Armada drew near to the island called La Desirade, which is the first island approached in this passage to the Indies. The ships anchored for the first time at Nacou, which is one of the finest ports of the Guadalupe. After having passed Marguerite Island and the Virgins, Champlain proceeded to San Juan de Puerto Rico, where he found that both the town and the castle, or fortress, had been abandoned, and that the merchants had either made their escape or had been taken prisoners. The English army had left the town and had taken the Spanish governor with them, as he had surrendered on the condition that his life should be spared. On leaving Puerto Rico, the general divided the galleons into three squadrons, and retained four vessels under his own command. Three were sent to Portobello, and three, including Champlain's vessel, to New Spain. Champlain arrived at Saint-Jean-de-Luz eight days afterwards, although the place is fully four hundred leagues from Puerto Rico. This fortress bore the name of San Juan d'Oyoa. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-218-6010. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-218-6010. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-218-6010. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Fifteen days afterwards, we find Champlain setting sail for Mexico, situated at a distance of over one hundred leagues from San Juan. Champlain was evidently very much interested in this country, and his description is that of an enthusiast. Quote, it is impossible to see or desire a more beautiful country than this kingdom of New Spain, which is three hundred leagues in length and two hundred in breadth. The whole of this country is ornamented with very fine rivers and streams. The land is very fertile, producing corn twice in the year. The trees are never devoid of fruit and are always green. The voyage to Mexico occupied a month, and Champlain gave an animated description of the city of Mexico, of its superb palaces, temples, houses and buildings, and well-laid streets, as well as of the surrounding country. After leaving Mexico, Champlain returned to San Juan de Luz, and from there sailed in a patache to Portobello, quote, the most pitiful and evil residence in the world. End quote. The harbor, however, was good and well fortified. From Portobello to Panama, which is on the sea, the distance is only seventeen leagues, and it is interesting to read Champlain's description. Quote, One may judge that if the four leagues of land which there are from Panama to this river were cut through, one might pass from the South Sea to the ocean on the other side, and thus shorten the route by more than fifteen hundred leagues, and from Panama to the Straits of Magellan would be an island, and from Panama to the new-found lands would be another island, so that the whole of America would be in two islands. It is thus seen that the idea of connecting the Atlantic Ocean with the Pacific by cutting through the Isthmus of Panama is not a modern one, as it was promulgated by Champlain over three hundred years ago. 
At this time, Spain was in great need of a good transportation service at the Isthmus. The treasures of Peru were sent to Europe by the Panama route to Portobello, from where the ships sailed to the old continent. The route between the Pacific coast and the Gulf of Mexico was exceedingly bad. Sometimes the merchants forwarded European goods to Panama, having them transported to Chagres. Here they were landed in boats and conveyed to Cruces. From Cruces to Panama, mules were employed for the remainder of the journey. It was, however, the route taken by travelers visiting Peru, Chile, New Granada, Venezuela, and other Spanish possessions on the Pacific coast. The most regular connection between the two oceans was from Fort Acapulco to Veracruz through Mexico. If Spain had adopted a better line of communication with her western territories in the New World, she might have derived vast treasure from that source. In the year 1551, Lopez de Gomara, the author of a, quote, History of Indies, end quote, a work written with care and displaying considerable erudition, proposed to unite the two oceans by means of canals at three different points, Chagres, Nicaragua, and Tehuantepec. Gomara's proposals were not acted upon, and the honor of carrying out the project was reserved for France. Ferdinand de Lesseps, who succeeded in connecting the Mediterranean Sea with the Red Sea, was the man who, after the lapse of centuries, seriously interested his fellow countrymen in boring the Isthmus of Panama. Champlain returned to San Juan de Luz, where he remained for fifteen days, and he then proceeded to Havana, the rendezvous of the army and of the fleet. Eighteen days later, he embarked in a vessel bound for Cartagena, where there was a good port, sheltered from all winds. Upon his return to Havana, Champlain met his general and spent four months in collecting valuable information relating to the interesting island of Cuba. From Havana, he proceeded past the Bahama Channel, approached Bermuda Island, Tercera, one of the Azores, and sighted Cape St. Vincent, where he captured two armed English vessels, which were taken to Seville. Champlain returned to France in March 1601, having been absent on his first voyage for a period of two years and two months, during which time he collected much valuable information. He also published a small volume containing plans, maps, and engravings, fairly well executed for the time, and now exceedingly scarce. The manuscript of this volume is still preserved. It covers 115 pages, with 62 drawings, colored and surrounded with blue and yellow lines. It appears to have been written between the years 1601 and 1603. The first voyage of Champlain across the Atlantic, though important from a military standpoint, did not suffice to satisfy the ambition of a man whose thoughts were bent upon discovery and colonization. Check out the YouTube version of this episode, which has accompanying images. I'm Mark Vinette, and I hope you're enjoying the ride. Doctors endorse it, nutritionists recommend it, and customers love it. Calotrin Healthy Weight Loss Ron in Texas lost 35 pounds. Marie in Pennsylvania lost 117 pounds with Calotrin. Diane not only lost weight, but she also found relief from arthritis. Lynn lost over 45 pounds. Calotrin contains collagen, the most abundant protein naturally occurring in the human body, which decreases as we age. Taking Calotrin promotes better sleep, more energy, less joint pain, and best of all, weight loss. Calotrin has an amazing 86% success rate with their 90-day supply. And this week, take advantage of their President's Day sale. 
buy the 90-day supply and get an extra month free plus free shipping. Ordering is so easy. Just text the word HISTORY to the code 30605 and we'll send you a link to this special offer. Again, text HISTORY, that's H-I-S-T-O-R-Y, using the code 30605.